So I'm in it, like I'm in it. You know what I'm saying? By in it, like my whole world's in it. And a lot of my quote unquote friends, I had two friends that were not in it and they, they knew me before I was in it and they kept like trying to tell me, you're in this cult. Welcome to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. I'm Petra Belzebor, and this is the place to discuss tips, tricks, and hacks to build your resilience through your worst rock bottoms and get you to a place of success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life, professionals, individuals who've been through their own adversity, and allow them to share their authentic and real life stories, opinions, and ideas about how to utilize our worst rock bottoms and allow them to catapult us into success. Welcome to the show. Welcome everyone to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. Today, I've got Heather Havenwood, very excited, across the pond. She is an amazing coach that helps women, but I think all people supports them in online marketing sales strategies. And she was one of the top 50 must follow women on by the Huffington Post, one of the main entrepreneurs. And I love her story. We've just sort of met previously to to starting here. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you. Thanks for having me across the pond. Yes. So good to have you. Where are you? Tell people where you are. Across the pond. I'm like really in the pond on the other side. It's, I'm in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. So there's Texas. no ponds here. There are no ponds. Okay. You're, you're like a flight away. Um, oh, a little, but, a little bit Austin, Texas, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like slumping at the end of my day, and I'm going to rely on you, Heather, because I know you've got coffee in hand and I've done yes, your morning I'm coffee. routine. We're good. You're like, I'm good, good. I got you, girl. I good. got you. Thank I got you. This. Appreciate, it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, okay, so fill in the blanks for our listeners. Tell them a little bit about you. What are you passionate about? Thanks. So I've been an entrepreneur since 2001. I think birth. I think you know. Women, I think we're kind of born to be entrepreneurs. That but, might be true. Um, I'm right now really focused specifically on my brand, Sexy Boss Inc. And like a boss, really rising to the top, helping influencers and influencers really kind of rise to the top. How do you become an influencer and how you go to the next level of that? How, uh, I think all women are influencers. We are influencers in our own world, our community, in our relationships. Someone told me a long time ago that women are the mechanics of a relationship. And I think that we are the mechanics of relationships in general and life and in business. And so I know here in the United States, I don't know that I don't know the stats in the, on the other side of the pond. However, in the United States, there's stats that 80% of the small bus- businesses are owned by men, but run by women. And uh, I like to switch that. My goal in life is to have 10,000 women to be financially free completely and to be running their own businesses. Amazing. I think when we empower women to have their own money and run their own businesses, we empower more than just one person. We're empowering literally communities. So that's my big focus and my big why in life. Amazing. And obviously, you've uh, been on a journey yourself in order to get to this position in business yourself and get to a point where you're you're sort of overflowing with wisdom now. But I imagine you may have learned the hard way or um, yes. had, had a few yeah. knocks along the way. What was, what's, been, what's the entrepreneurial journey been like? Yeah. Hard. Hard. Yeah. It's hard. yeah, I'm. Yeah, you know. Look, it's hard. It's a hustle. It's hard. It's challenging. You constantly have to change. You constantly have to move. You constantly have to not be. What's the word? I can't think of the word right now. But just you can't be coasting, right? You can't be coasting. The moment you're coasting, you're behind. And so you have to keep continually allow yourself to hustle and change. And we as women are actually, we're not taught to do that. You know, we're taught to more lay back, community, gather, connect and mm-hmm. go with the flow and allow the men 
quote unquote, to be the warrior and to change with the tides, right? We're not taught to go out there and what I call fight. And that's the challenge is, is that there's a way to quote unquote, be a, to fight as a queen and as an energy, a higher space energy that I think myself, I'm learning, be strong and to be independent and to be and beloved. It's just very loving about the whole process. And that's a kind of a, a teeter totter that we're not taught. And I think more and more women are trying to figure out that pattern, myself included. Yeah, I mean, I think times are changing, but there are still such subtle differences. Like I remember I've got two kids. They're 15 and 12. I've got a boy and a girl. And I remember my ex-husband, when they were really young, said things like, um, oh, I really hope our son achieves. And, you know, and he had like plans and ideas of where he would get to. And then he'd say, well, I really hope our daughter's just happy. That's all I want for her. <laughs> Right. No, and I don't mean to laugh. Excuse me. No, uh, he's my ex-husband for a reason. <laughs> no, but, but, you know, to his, that, to his like, defense, that's how we view men and women. Well, and like, he thought he was being really supportive. Yeah, no, yeah. And so to, to his defense, I'm sure he's a, you know, a good person. He's Absolutely. He well. He does. But there is a part of, like... It's social people, conditioning, isn't it? Yeah, social conditioning is so automatic. It is so automatic, Right. I mean, I was, I remember when I was quote unquote stepping into my entrepreneurship, my mother, no, here's what happened. Here's the download. Okay. So my mother called my uncle. Mm -hmm. Okay. And my uncle called me. Now my uncle never calls me. He's one, he's a very, actually very, very successful entrepreneur. He rarely talks to me. I don't know why he just doesn't. So he called me. So it's kind of weird when like the yeah, uncle, yeah. like, you think you, something's like something's wrong, someone died. Yeah. Right. What happened? So he's like, Hey, I'm like, Hey, he's like, okay, well, your mom called me. I'm like, okay, is she okay? You see the hospital? He's like, no, she's fine. I said, what? It's like, well, she's concerned about you. I'm like, and this is, by the way, I'm like, I remember the day I'm like in my car, I'm in Florida. I just started like buying, selling houses, doing things are going really well. And I'm like, what is she concerned about? Well, she she told me you're 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 gonna be an entrepreneur like that. And I went, well, aren't you? But this, yeah, this is coming from an entrepreneur. Yeah, no, he's totally an entrepreneur. He goes, yeah, but I work for corporate America. He's like, then like went into this whole thing. Like I went to corporate America first and then I did the, you know, and I went, okay, so what's your point? Like, I'm, what's the, <laughs> what's the, the concern? Call? He's like, well, she's concerned about you because you know, women aren't supposed to be entrepreneurs. Whoa. Period. And I just went, what? So I'm like, okay, my family does not. Whoa. <laughs> Got it. And there's yeah. been like that ever since I haven't, pretty much my entire, my mom passed away. Other than my sister, my entire side of that family, they won't talk to me at all like there's a whole thing about because i'm out there also online a lot they will not talk to me they've unfriended me so it's just an interesting thing like when you put yourself out there on yeah. any level yeah like any level and i don't care what it is there's going to be people that like don't support that aren't aligned with that and i had my father tell me like you know women's job is just to have kids and to support their man Whew. you know i mean this is i mean guys i'm not i wasn't born in the 1930s here you know what i'm saying yeah. like i was born <laughs> Right. So, and I think part of the challenge is women come to me today and they're up against that. And this is what I want to talk to you about. It's like, I was also, I was, I want to say brought up in a cult. I didn't know I was in a cult. Does that make sense? I wasn't, I didn't know I was in a cult. No, but you don't. And when you're a child, yeah. I don't, were you raised in it or born into um, it? I think we all were, but I was raised in the South. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We all kind of were. I was raised in a particular social conditioning and then I went heavily into the church and then I went heavily into a personal development program, like very, very heavy, mm -hmm. very, very heavy into that world to a point where it became a 
you know? And I just want to share my story if you don't mind. Please, yeah, yeah. So I'm in it, like I'm in it. You know what I'm saying? By in it, like my whole world's in it. And a lot of my quote unquote friends, I had two friends that were not in it and they, they knew me before I was in it and they kept like trying to tell me you're in this cult. And I'm like, it's not a cult. Like, so we fight and or whatever. You I start getting like, distance, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then one day, I mean, there's something going on with the cult and I was having major issues and I was trying to do something and they literally started attacking me, like attacking me, got emails from the top people and attacking me, attacking, attacking me. And I'm like, what is, what's going on? And I had a dear friend of mine, his name is David Connie, and he actually talks about this. And I, he was in Iowa and he actually ta- um, was brought up in a cult and I called him in tears and he sent me overnight, like overnight, three books because read these tomorrow mm-hmm. and I read these and I'm literally in tears. I never realized that I was in this cult. Let me explain to you what I mean by that for a second, because there's actually a lot of things I learned from that experience or that group that I take into life today. But here's, here's where it sums it all up. You ready? I'm ready. They preach independence, but train dependence. Yeah. Yeah, okay, the, 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 the high-end message is always different than the actual experience, which exactly. is what's confusing, right? Right, it's the confu- Right, it's the flip. It's kind of like the, you know, the bad sales guy, the flip of the sales, sales situation. You're going to the situation thinking, okay, I'm getting independence and I'm getting freedom, right, from whatever. From your culture but or whatever it, was holding you back before. Right, and it's actually the community that holds you back. So it's interesting because I've had, someone recently that I'm like, okay, go do this thing, but look, don't get involved. Just do the two courses and then leave. (laughs) And he's like, why? I'm like, look, just, just do these two courses and then just don't do anything else. (laughs) And then unfortunately he's whatever, he's now like dove in, right? Like, damn it. So part of the challenge is that we are not taught as people, as humans in, in the Western world, then you have women on top of that. We are not taught to buck the system mm. or to question the system. But interesting or, that the, to getting involved in a cult can be you questioning your original system, you know? Hell yeah. Right? And so you begin to be like search or get uncomfortable or be looking for some new kind of truth and then latch onto or very subtly get morphed into a whole new set of conditioning that is just as, as toxic or worse. Like, what do you think people are looking for? Well, here's, so that's a great question. Here's one thing I've learned so interestingly in these books is that the people that are the most, they call them, uh, not trained, um, educated mm-hmm. are the ones that actually get trapped easier. So, okay. So think, there's a, there's a stereotype like, or there's a misrepresentation that it's like stupid, vulnerable people that get sucked yes, in, right? Yes. It's not. It's the doctors and lawyers in like, yeah, it's idealist. Highly educated. But if you think about education, higher education. Oh, another institution. It's another some some level ish cult. They're we're train they're training us in a particular way. If you went to Harvard, you think a particular way. If you went to a community college, you went you think a particular way. Whatever. And there's no better or worse, but there's a training. They literally train you to have a particular way culture, right? So it's ingraining, it's training, it's all those types of things. It, there's a structure to it. So my point is, like, what are they looking for? Interesting question. I think I know what I was looking 
before, yeah. which was you know, tap, tapping into my potential. What's okay. next for me? How do I grow? How do I go to the next level? And what's so counterintuitive to that, and I know this won't make sense to a lot of people, is that to tap into your own potential, you don't need a group. You don't, it's almost more like going inside out. You actually need more solid, solitary confinement, <laughs> which is like not what people want to hear, right? But inside of solitary confinement, quote unquote, and I say that just because you understand it, it's actually you're forced to go inside. And, and, and literally listen to your own voice and your yeah. own direction without any noise of people's yeah. opinions. Yeah, there was a, there's a movie right now with Sandra Bullock, and it just cracks me. It's called Ocean's 8. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't, no. Kind of take on Ocean's 11. Oh, right, yeah. Okay, so there's a there's a little line in there that she says, because she's, she's been in prison for X amount of years, and this guy totally screwed her over, and so she's coming out to this whole plan because she wants to like basically screw him over, right, revenge. Right. And she has literally done this plan over and over and over and over and over her head. And they're like, wow, you done this pretty well why how did you do that she said well i put myself in solitary confinement well, how did you do that well like i forced myself to get in fights so they got me into solitary confinement like she would force it because then she you know it was kind of a funny little statement but if you think about it, how brilliant that is right well it, well, it is but but solitude is scary isn't it oh very scary but then she forced herself to do it so, said, so that so that she could create so mm. that she could think for herself. Mm -hmm. Right? And there's this tiny little line and everyone else laughs about it. Like, oh, that's funny. It's actually brilliant. Inside solitary confinement in yourself is actually when you can create. When you go out near the world and listen to everybody else, you can't create inside of the noise. But don't so, we need to also learn? And I don't mean education. I mean that sense of growth where we can gather new information, whether it's from any source, whether it's a group, whether it's a person, whether it's YouTube, whether it's books, you know, in order to add to our learning. You know, and I, I'm always constantly learning. Um, and in this particular cult that I was in, more of personal development, you know, I took it on as a cult. Here's what I mean by that. It's still a great organization. It still has helped a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Here's what happened for me, what I did. Here's where the, it happens for a lot of people. When they put the, I'm using air quotes, organization above themselves, yeah. that's now a cult because you no longer put yourself first. You put the church, air quote, the organization, air quote, the, the team above yourself, above family. Yeah. Above everything. Above your own and, intuition. And your own intuition, right. I remember, um, I, like I said, I was in this group for a very long time, and I went to what I call the top level, you know, all the things you can do. Yeah. And I remember it's this weekend. They only do it once a year. So it's, it's like three or 400 people. Lots of money. Six weekends, you fly to LA for six weekends, and they, there are people from all over the world Ireland, Ireland, and mm -hmm. China, right? Mm -hmm. So it was really cool because you got to be these are really cool people all over the world that were in the same group as you. And the very one of the very last weekends, um, the woman at the front who's been doing it forever, she said, You're at the end of the yellow brick road, you're all fixed. <laughs> and now, what was so fascinating, I took, I literally took that on and it was like, oh my God, this, I never have to do another thing. You're sorted. You know, I walked out literally free and I gave myself permission to like, I'm done. I'm not 
doing anything else and I haven't. But everyone else was like, a lot of the people were like, oh my God, I'm free. What's next? What other uh, seminar event thing do you want me to buy now? You know? What so, can fill the void of like sitting void, with yourself? Fill the void, like, I got to keep growing. There's a difference between actual growing implementation and just spinning and feeling good about yourself. Like just continue to go to the next event, next seminar, next leadership training in church. That's a really good, I just want to highlight that point because there is this great, there's so much psychology around group process. And when you are in a group, like the feelings that you can get and, you know, whether it's music or whether it's preaching or whether it, you know, that feeling of belonging. And I yes. think in a disconnected society with all this technology and all, all the rest of it, people are looking for belonging more than ever. But I think what people have lost or the critical piece is critical thinking and being able to listen to your intuition. So obviously, because I was raised, born and raised in a cult and spent the first good portion of my, my life in it, if I go to a seminar or an event or anything like that, and trust me, I've had, there's the transition time where I had to learn this the hard way. I'll glean, like I'm able to go, let me get what I can out of it and leave everything else and not look at the, you know, guru or the leader as my now, you know, my thing, my church, my thing that I've got to continue doing. And I think you can learn from lots of different situations and different people. However, you have to hone that critical thinking voice in order to step back when it's not quite right anymore. Mm -hmm. Goodness me. So talk us through, I'm just really, what we call on this show, we call the messy middle. Like it's all great. You're, you're the super successful entrepreneur at the moment. It looks like you're, you've really sorted a few things out, but also you were in this position where you were dependent and not independent and you've somehow like gone on this path. Like tell us about that bit. What got you out of the cult and like kind of led you to your life now? Well, yeah. So in specifically the the cult specifically, and I'll touch it and I'll, go, I'll like release that, okay, was um, I was, there was a friend of mine who, who was kind of what I call out of the cult too, and he goes, Heather, I want you to start actually notating how many hours you're putting into this organization, and I started notating how many hours, and it was like over 40 hours a week, right? Right. And my business was in the shitter, I wasn't making money in my business, and so the more my business was failing, the more I leaned into the organization. Of course. Right. Which my business kept getting worse. I mean, you see the cycle. Right. And so he was like, let's point out how many hours. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm doing like 40 hours a week. I'm quote unquote a, uh, a volunteer organization. He's like, well, where? So what are you building? Are you building their organization or yours or your business? And I'm like, wow. Right. So question, yeah. I saw that. That was the first like aha moment. Like, mm -hmm. of course, my business isn't doing well. <laughs> yeah. You don't have the time to fully invest in it. Right. So I. I was like, whoa. So that's when I started pulling back my responsibilities. Like I'm releasing my hell myself here, releasing myself here to be, you know, kind of get back in alignment with what's important to me. The more I started to do that, that's when there was a resistance and then a people. And then eventually I got quote unquote kicked out or, you know, cause how dare I like put myself first, the organization's first, you know what I mean? So that's where that was the first thing. Where about now this, that was, was 2007, eight. And actually ended up losing my house in foreclosure around that time at the same time. And then uh, with the bankruptcy, right? It was bad. So and the, there's this thing called the recession that happened. Mm -hmm. And even when all that was going on, that organization was acting like it didn't ha wasn't happening, you know? And that's where I like, 
there's a point where you can create something. There's a point where you're like, this is called reality. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. So, but um, called- how do you think you started teaching yourself to listen to your voice? Was it just desperation? Um, like, what, what, how, how did you do that? Well, I'm still constantly learning that way. Honestly, where that started really was during that time and now even more. I, what I do, I do a couple things. These are just my little go-tos. I close my eyes a lot and I do body testing on myself. Because the body will always tell you. Mm. The body will tell you. The body is in line with your energy way more than your brain is. So your brain's like on spin cycle kind of, and your body is connected to the ground. So the more you can connect to the body and like close your eyes and go internal, because it's hard to hear that voice still, like the internal little, little whisper. So I do questions around body testing all the time around myself. So I'll ask a question like this morning I did it. Um, I have three gyms around me and uh, the same gym, same gold's gym, but there's three. And one of them, my ex goes to, Right. And I try not to run into him. So I was like, okay, which one am I going to today? And I was like, body testing the right one. I'm like, I'm going to go to that one because he's over there. Okay, great. You know, so it worked. He wasn't there. Yeah. But like the body will tell you. My mind was saying, go to the other one because it's closer. Logic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. My, my body was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> Look after you. Yeah. And it sounds like, well, logic. A man will be like, logic. And I'm like, yeah. I don't want to run into him. I don't want to have my day go to hell, right? So I'd rather go a little bit further to another one, have a good experience, have a good workout, feel good about Set myself. Set you up for the day, yeah. Right, and have a better day. You know, why go into that battle when <laughs> I don't have to, right? And I don't know if he was there or not. I have no clue. I'm kind of just kind of guessing based on my body intuition. But little stuff like that, okay. little stuff like that yep. is, the, is, is where I go. I do it all the time. I'm big stuff, little stuff. Because when we're clear, we can move. And when we move, we can have momentum. When we have momentum, we can have power. So. Well, and there's something about taking action, right? So so that solitude in order to create your own plans with your own voice and then the, the relentless, consistent action or hustle, as you called it, in order to move your life forward. Like there's so many women and, and well, men as well, but we were sort of focusing uh, on women earlier who... You know, they, we like the community and we like the feel good factor of, of this motivational business. But unless you execute, unless you do something with it, it's just not going to make much difference. Yeah, it's, it's so true. It's true. Yeah, I don't believe in motivation. Uh, I, I do. I do. But I believe in action more. But I think yeah. sometimes you need the little kick. You need the person that you connect with that builds you up or you need to watch that little YouTube motivational thing or right. read the thing, you know, like I, that's that's for me. Um, I'll, I'll need a little bit of that. But relentless action I is the actual it, no, key. I, I just call it inspiration versus motivation. That's fair. Got it. Yeah, because I think of I think of so many seminars I've been to that at the end of it, people were like motivated and nothing, no action happened. Yeah, I think when people are inspired, action happens. But not to be like, go deep on the words, but that's just what ha- that works. Yeah, but head. some people might claim, well, I guess, yeah, I guess that's how it works in your head. It's about people's definition of the words, right? Yeah. Um, right, and you right. can have church that's all like, insp- inspiring and we're inspired and let's, yeah, and that's it. So it depends on our definition of the words. So you get to a point where you, you lose your house. You, you've been chipped away at for a little while within this cult sort of system. Your friend sends yeah. you some books. You, you, you're sort of reevaluating, trying to slowly build up. 
would you identify with the term rock bottom at all? Would you say when you lost your house, was that any kind of like catalyst moment for you? Or was that, did that come at another time or not at all? Oh, that was a horrible time. I mean, I lost everything. I had, I just bought a three bedroom, two bath house. I had, you know, my dog business. I lost my business. I lost my house. I lost all my furniture. All I had was my dog and my car, which was a lot. I had to lean on people. I had to live on couches. It was shitty. It was horrible. What happened? What got you to that point? I was in a million-dollar business, zero million dollars in one year, and I went to seminar, came back, and my business partner had wiped everything out, and the bank accounts out, and all everything. He wiped everything out. Everything was gone within 24 hours. My house went into foreclosure within six months and bankruptcy within nine months. God, okay. So yeah. you, you <laughs> literally lose everything. The world of business. Right? Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. I'm not going to lie. Sure. My biggest mistake was I had a bad, I didn't have bad, I had a good contract. And uh, I let someone in the business that was a dear friend of mine. He had control of more than he should have control of. Mm. And that's the only thing. I was the woman and they were men and you should trust us. So mm. there's that. I was young. I was 28, 29. I was like freaking out that we were going from zero to a million dollars. I was half business owner. I was excited. I was that word like, you know, motivated and excited. I think that I I was young. I was more focused on the business and wasn't focused on what was really going on behind the scenes. Yeah, not asking behind the right the questions or, or making sure that you knew about everything. I, I think here's the bottom line. I didn't have a lawyer. Mm. <laughs> That's it, right? So now there's got lawyers and accountants and things like that. So you have to be in called reality. And there's bad people in the world, period. Sure. And so how the hell did you build yourself up? from that point to where you're at now? Slowly, with one question. Uh, I had a friend of mine who reached out to me. I was living in Florida, South Florida at the time. It was 2008. Recessions were hitting really hard. There was no jobs. I mean, none. I oh. couldn't get a job at Starbucks. I couldn't get a job waiting tables. I couldn't get a job nothing. So I was living on his couch. His job, he knew his job was going to end too. He was kind of freaking out because his job was in real estate. So he was freaking out. Mm. Everyone was freaking out. Houses were going like his house. He bought his house at 500000 It was now worth 250000 I mean, this was going, it was just nuts. Yeah. So I, um, a friend of mine reached out to me. He's in East Florida and he said, come for dinner. And I said, I don't have enough money to get there. He goes, I'll give you enough money to get back. Right. <laughs> so he gives me cash to get back. I have enough money gas to get there. I have so he gives me money to get back and he takes me to dinner and he said, I want you to start asking yourself this question before you do anything. And I go, what's that? And he goes, before, um, you know, he said, this is the question. Does it feed your confusion or strengthen your clarity? Sick. And I told him, I said, Richard, I got nothing going on. So that's easy. He's like, no, I want you to start doing that question to everything mm-hmm. because this is the only way you're going to get out of your situation. And so when I started asking myself that question, and I still ask myself the question. So repeat the question again, just for our listeners. Yeah, yeah, does it feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? Feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity, okay? Here's the power of that. When we are clear, we can move. When we can, when we move, we can actually get to momentum. Mm. When we have momentum, we can get to power. But we cannot do that when we're sitting there spinning. And that's why I don't like, excuse me, excuse me on this, I, that's why I don't like the word motivation. Motivation can actually take you down the wrong path. When you're inspired action and go, oh, this is what's next for me, then I can actually be clear. This is clarity for me. Then I can actually be clear and take the right move. Make sense? It, yeah, That's, no, it, it absolutely does. What about people who don't have a clear vision? The clear vision might just be the question of what's next. What's the 
next thing now? The next right step. Yeah. Yeah. So what's next now? It's not the right step. When you add the word right, people freak out. Right, wrong. I'm going to get it wrong. You just ask, what's the next best action now? So it that could be you, one phone call. It could be one email. Yeah. It's not just huge. Do, do and I had to think things. like that. I had to think tiny, 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 tiny. I couldn't think big vision. Are you kidding me? I'm like, are you serious? I don't eat tomorrow. I need to survive. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I you, when people are in that desperation mode, I understand that. You can't sit down with them. Let's have a conversation about what are you going to be in five years? Like, I don't know what I'm going to eat in two hours. Yeah. So you've just it's, got to get that level sorted before you can actually think bigger in yeah, that way. Yeah. That question does, if you make a future and strengthen my clarity, it's a powerful question. If you start to look at everything in your life, including your relationships, including what's in your fridge right now, including what you're about to put in your mouth right now, it gets really real. You know, what if you try and confusion strengthen my clarity? And what that also makes you do, taking the cult conversation, it forces you to think. Right. Because in cults, it's all about groupthink and about, you know, the greater good for the people rather than you as an individual. Right. They wouldn't say, what feeds your confusion strengthen my clarity? Well, what would feed my clarity here is not to take this next seminar. Oh, well, you really need this. It's to understand the real point or to learn to trust myself. Yes. Yeah. 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 So that's what got me out. Uh, How long did that take from from this this point of ground zero? Ground zero was 2009, and I moved to Austin in 2010, and I've just been building ever since. And so you've stuck with the entrepreneurial path. Um, I imagine that that's um, evolved over time, shall we say? Yeah, I would say it's evolved over time for sure. I, there was a stint when I was in Austin. I did go back to Port America. I lasted three months. <laughs> <laughs> I don't belong there. The uh, My two bosses actually pulled me into the office, and they're like, okay, so we're firing you. And I'm like, okay. I go, but, but they said, we really like you. Great. We know you're really smart. We just think you'd be better as an entrepreneur. That's did what they I actually said. say that? That's, that's quite... um sort of empowering in a way. I mean, you're getting fired, but, and how did it feel to have that conversation? It was kind of the universe telling me, what are you doing? You're in the wrong box. Yeah. It was kind of confirmation. And what was happening with that particular company, I was in sales and I was hitting my quota, but with, I, I, I started questioning everything, you know, and my boss at the time said, you're not allowed, he said, quote, you're not allowed to question everything. We, we pay your paycheck. Ooh, that very was cult-like, like, right? Oh my God. But see, I question everything, right? So it's just who I am. So the more I try to fit in that box, the more upset I was and it just wasn't working. And the more I kept bucking the system. And that's when they pulled me in. They said, we think you're awesome. However, you really this, need this entrepreneur. Like you're not, you're not cut for this. And they actually were kind of like in a weird way loving. And then my boss's boss, who was in that, one of the ones that was in that conversation, he uh, reached out to me a couple of years ago and he was like, Hey, I'm starting my own, my new venture. Can, can you help me? So he's like, my, my boss is asking for help. So I think that it was his confirmation that I lasted three months. I actually had a friend of mine reach out to me and go, we're so proud of you that you lasted <laughs> Well done. I had health insurance for free for three months and taxes taken out. It's crazy. So what are the what are the greatest lessons that you've learned in business and how do you look after your own mindset? How do you look after yourself within the, the rigors of entrepreneurship? First of all, it's a discipline. Number one, it's a discipline. You have to consistently remind yourself 
that it's a discipline. It's a hard discipline. That's number one. Number two is creating a consistent discipline for yourself. You're the one who has to create it and getting up at, you know, five in the morning, six in the morning to create that discipline is key. Controlling your time. We all have 24 hours and you have to be very protective of your time. People think, um, uh, because you own your own business, you're just always available. It's actually, right? no, I live by my calendar. Yeah. So I had recently someone who I just dearly love was, went on a three week vacation to Japan and came back and wanted me to pick him up in the airport. And I said, I could be there at six. And we would go, you know, it was for, for weeks. I was like, I could be there at six. And mm-hmm. she's like, okay, I need to be there at 5 30. I'm like, I actually can't, I can't be there. I could be there at six because mm-hmm. I had, I had um, a call with a client and she got mad at me instead of saying like, okay, she's like, you suck. Ah, fine, I'll get my own ride. Okay. Because if she's like, well, I guess I can't do it cause my business, she's like, Oh, you're using your business excuse. I'm like, no, actually it's, this I, shit is real. It's like real, you know? So it's easier. So what happens is it's easier to attack that. If I worked in a company and I said, Oh, well I came not allowed to leave. My boss says I can't leave. See that you can't attack that. No, but what else? No, I, 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 my business is not available until whatever, six or whatever it was, it's easier to tack because it's like, it's just me. They think, oh, well, you know, whatever, you're the boss. Well, yeah, yeah, there's, there's the a total misconception, isn't there, about right. how, how things go, especially when you're you're working on your own or you're you're in that those early, well, any stage of growing a business, really. To keep the lines straight because it's like, it's not it's so easy to say, well, my company says, sorry, that's the terms and conditions of my company. Oh, my boss makes me. Of course. These are a lot of. Well, well, what you can do is you can put off the difficult conversation that you're making a decision and that they have to deal with that, right? Right. It happens a lot, especially with government. Oh, sorry, it's in terms of conditions. I recently had an engagement with a, with a company online, and they were throwing out the terms and conditions conversation. And I just kept going, hey, I'm canceling, I'm canceling, I'm canceling. Okay, fine. I'm just, all right, I'll go to the next level. And I, you know, I have a big group, and I was putting together, like, Tell people not to work with this company. And all of a sudden, like, oh, we will refund you. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. So it's just an interesting dynamic. It's like you have to be willing to just stand your ground on some things. And also, you have to be human. You know what I mean? Like, just be human with people. That's all. Absolutely. Be real. So when, when you talk about discipline, what are the top things that are sort of your non-negotiables in the week that you've got to, to do? Non-negotiables? Yes. I work time. It's blocked. So if a client's like, I need that time, I'm like, I'm unavailable. Like, I'm unavailable, period. So it's very much my workout time. I work out six days a week, minimum five, sometimes six, sometimes seven, depending. But and don't you not- find that it's, I mean, yes, it's healthy for your body, but there's something crucial about keeping your mindset in check through um, exercise? Yeah, it's my release. Yeah. It's a for me. So it's, it's, a, it's also my uh, disconnect time. It's one of the times where... You disconnect from the phone. I know in the gym, people like connect to the phone. I really don't, or I listen only to specific music and I turn off the phone. I do a lot of yoga where I'm completely disconnecting and I can actually listen to myself. So, so, it's so a, it's a besides just exercise, it's the that practice of uh, yeah. honing the skill of listening to yourself, which adds to your intuition and I imagine helps with business decisions. Yeah. Also acupuncture and chiropractic. Okay. For sure. So just looking after you. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. 
if I'm down, the business is down sometimes. You know, I mean, I'm working on systems right now so that that's not going to happen anymore, but that's sometimes what happens. I mean, I'm redeveloping a bunch of things right now, so I'm the one pushing the ball. But eventually that'll be, that'll shift. But um, as an entrepreneur, you're growing, you are at some level the energy of the business. For, for Absolutely. You know, for a good long time. Go into growth and scale. And I think that's one of the challenges that people hear, people talk online about growth and scale, growth and scale, growth and scale. I'm like, yeah, that's sexy. I mean, that's sexy. Yeah. But you know what's not sexy? Building. The foundation building piece. not sexy. And if you look at how a building's built, literally a building, they spend weeks or months or whatever on the foundation and digging down, 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 down. And then they build the foundation. Then, boom, this huge thing called a building link pops up after that. But the building part is the hard part. And, and it's the bit that you don't, to. yeah, you don't see the Im- immediate sort of gratification or, you know, feedback loop from other people because you just know it's that the infrastructure that has to be there. It's also dirty, you know, it's, it's the dirty part. It's dirty, it's hard, it's tedious, it's a bit messy, it's a bit lonely, you know, um, all of the, all of those things. Yeah. So I, I'm in the thick of all of that at the moment, so I, I hear you. What are the top things that you think you were talking about women entrepreneurs, us females, like what are the top things that us females need to know in, in even either in like uh, listening to ourselves and starting our own businesses. But once we're on that path, what are the things that we really need to hear or know about ourselves? Stop asking for permission. It's a big one. It's the hardest. Yeah. And it's so conditioned, right? It's so ingrained. I mean, if you look at any, elementary school right now, classroom, or even junior high, you know, you'll see the kid in the back of the room who's the, the, the young boy who's, you know, he's probably tapping his, tapping stuff and he's making jokes, right? Mm-hmm. And in some way, everyone's laughing at him, but in some way they're accepting him because he's funny, mm-hmm. right? He's different. But the girls are doing what? They're raising their hands before they go to the bathroom. They're raising their hands to be a good little girl. They're ra- you know, they are the ones in line. And then they're rewarded for that behavior. You're mm-hmm. such a good girl in class. You're such a, an amazing student. You're such a good girl. I'm so proud of you, right? Oh, well, the boy's being crazy. Oh, he's just a boy. Yeah, boys will be do. boys. They got into a fight or they did their own thing. Boys will be boys, right? Oh, boys will be boys. But, oh, how dare you? go against the grain, Heather, you know, and I, I was the one who, I believe it or not, people don't know this about me, but I didn't, I was very shy, <laughs> extremely shy from, and I was in speech therapy from age seven to 14. Were you? Yeah, I, I was like very shy. It so wasn't what so flipped? Long. What did you teach yourself? I mean, like, how did you go, okay, actually I can teach myself to not be shy. I didn't teach myself. I call it the Courtney effect. There was a girl named Courtney who I became friends with in junior high, and she was like cray cray, <laughs> like rebel girl. And I became friends with her, and like I vicariously kind of like lived through her. You know, she kind of cracked my shell. I think. Then she went cray 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 in high school <laughs> to drugs and stuff. So I like pulled back. You know, but um, and she, she gave you a gift lived. before. She's actually in prison now. <laughs> she is great, great. I, yeah, but I mean, she kind of cracked my spirit there at some level. She gave me this permission in a way to like, wow, I could kind of be a smart ass. People don't kill me, you know? So she was real kind of a snarky, smart ass, funny, just said whatever the hell she wanted to say. 
you know, looking back, she came from a really rough family and she was definitely kind of, you know, way of dealing with it. Right. But, um, but for me, it was, oh my God, I could, I could say that as a girl and not just get my ass kicked, you know? So she kind of became a tough girl. And then I kind of tapped into that myself in high school and, um, got in my first fight in high school. Well done. And, yeah. But I was still the good little girl. Cause I was, I looked like it. I mean, I still deal with that today. You know, I look like the sweet, cute Southern girl. And then people talk to me, they're like, well, I don't understand. You're... <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> I'm, I'm sweet dominatrix. I'm like a dominatrix. I will like whip you and then I'll like love on you. And I bet that's a good edge to have as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Cause like I'm be direct. I will tell you the truth. But then I'll love up on you and tell you, like, you're amazing. But also, that's just being a, I, I call it being a businesswoman. I mean, ultimately, I am a businesswoman first and foremost. Yeah. Period. And that is challenging because a lot of people are like, you need to be nice. I'm like, no, what? Well, nobody tells men that, do they? If I was a man, would you walk up to someone, a businessman, and go, you need to be nice? Would you ever say that to a businessman? No, ne- never. You wouldn't. Never. You, you would say that to a businessman. He's being a businessman. Absolutely. But they did that woman because it's a society thing too. I live in, in South Texas, right? So. Right, completely. Um, but I love it. So you're changing the narrative around women, around our conditioning, wherever that comes from, whether it's the extremes yeah. of cults or just society at large. Uh, you're obviously helping women to get into and sustain business. And I think the title of this podcast is Don't Ask Permission. Uh, or something related to that, um, uh, because that's what we all need to hear a little bit more often. Just go and live your truth, uh, and also look after yourself in the process. Um, Heather, thank you so much for your inspirational story. If people want to connect with you in some way or work with you, where can they find you? They can go to askheatherann.com. That's actually my messenger directly. They can message me on Facebook. That's askheatherann.com. Um, or my website, my way website is heatherhavenwood.com, but askheatherann.com is the best way. Amazing. Yeah, and I can see uh, you've got so much information uh, on your website as well. We'll add all that into uh, the show notes. Heather, thank you so much, and I hope you thank have you. a fabulous day. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. Please do subscribe and review on iTunes. Every comment makes a difference. We really appreciate hearing from you. And please do get in touch through PetraBelzebor.com if you're interested in any training, coaching, therapy, or just to join the community and get more information on ways that you can build your own resilience. Until next time.